Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. It's episode number 582. This week, we're going to be looking at single board computers, and we're going to see, uh, we're going to have a little chat with Henry Bailey Brown here and talk about what is a little more powerful than the Raspberry Pi 3. I've got the Nano Pi M4, which we just don't have enough power for, but we're going to try to fire it up. Lots to show you tonight. We are going to be looking at why my work computer went all wonky with a Windows 10 update. Again? Yay! And Robbie's going to show us how to fix it. Where's Jeff? Hey, Cat 5 crew. Jeff Weston here, not in the studio, uh, missing the show. That's because I'm out in the bush, and uh, it's a balmy minus... Trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here category5.tv slash tpn and the international association of internet broadcasters cat5.tv slash l-a-i-b i-a-i-b the internet hey everybody henry bailey brown back from the black what have you been up man i'm oh i went to the future but i'm back you're back you're back from here yeah i know it's it's crazy hey guys i believe yay robbie's here yeah again oh so he's pretty good he's pretty so tired (laughs) no what are you been up to man you know just saving the world you know it's been cool aviation stuff flying drones flying airplanes i wanted to ask how like the summer is now officially it's a little bit chilly now it's uh, yeah we woke up to 17 feet of snow today yes here in our canadian studio and did you have a good summer as far as flight oh yeah it was great you know i'm sorry i couldn't get back in so much but uh it's great to see you guys you know it was really nice to get back to flying isn't it wild that we had rain rain wednesday comes sunny skies it's rain rain, it's rain, rain 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 wednesday comes sunny skies it's, and so henry's like it's the show this yeah. is the one day i get to fly my drones i know it's it's so depressing because it's like it's there's category five so i don't know if, if the weather was for me for flying or if it was because category five yeah. on wednesday it's right. such a it's, such, it's the perfect day of the week and, and for those who aren't sure what we're talking mm-hmm. about, I should just clarify that yeah. we're not saying that you were like, oh, I don't want to go into Category 5 because I'm too busy playing with my drones. No. Oh, no. This guy's a pro pilot, folks. <laughs> pro. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, you get paid I, I, to fly I, a drone, right? How yeah, many like, of us get paid to fly our drones? Uh, not, not a lot well, of people, Well, here, here of one of one three. One third. One yeah. of three. One of three. One of three. Third. Of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually amazing. 33% of yes. Category 5 of current. The studio, of the current studio. Current studio. That's that's a really good statistic. Can you think back over the summer and tell yeah. us and our viewers mm-hmm. what was the most enjoyable uh, p- piloting experience as far as your drone? Yeah, um, for summer? sure. Um, I'm not allowed to say because it's classified. Just kidding. Um, no, it was, it was I definitely... I surprised. <laughs> yeah, actually. I actually like, I'm talking to CSIS. No, um, probably the best one was going up to... Uh, what's it called? Um, there's a little area called Honey Harbor near okay. uh, the Muskokas up north. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a lot of cottages, but there's this one client we always go with, um, and he has his own boat, so we literally hop in the boat, and we go to like all the different islands and stuff. So it literally turns into like a full-day experience, Oh wow! just going over it. But the, this one shoot, just the houses are insane. And what are you shooting for? Um, real estate? Uh, a lot of real estate, and there yeah. are... Some construction too, because he also okay. owns a construction company. Oh, cool. So All right. <laughs> pretty much the whole area. So they document after. their their business. Yeah, and... for sure, and it's great for insurance, construction, things like that. Cool. So, but yeah, it's an overall positive experience, and uh, got a free boat ride too. So that's always fun. That mm-hmm. sounds like a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so yeah. And you're piloting a plane. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, I'm current on a DA40 for those pilot people out there. So mm-hmm. it's a really fun plane to fly. It has something called synthetic vision on it. 
Which, what is uh, that? Synthetic vision. Synthetic vision. It's, yeah, it's like when you're the Terminator. No, it's kidding. It's basically you can see the world around you in 3D space on your screen. So it's like playing a video game. And like, so this is a little more sophisticated than the the old school. Yeah, like, Steam, Steam Gauge. Your horizon. Yeah, but no, it's fun and the computer talks to you and it has traffic avoidance. So TCAS. So traffic avoidance. So when you're flying over the 400 at about 100 foot. <laughs> yeah, it has your Siri traffic updates. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's it's a really fun piece of a uh, machine to fly. So it's uh, cool. it's it's nice to be back though. It's great to and, have you uh, back. You fly other people in your plane as well? Yes, I do. Like just for fun? Like you? Yes, I do. <laughs> well, it's it's great if like, you have hmm. couples because you have like a sunset flight and. Is your plane with you right now? Like, can we just wrap I it up? It's, it's in the parking lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the parking lot thinking, okay, how much room do you need to land? I don't know. Let's it's find a pretty out. big parking lot. It is, you know. We can really pull is. it off. You know? Yeah. It wouldn't On be legal, night, but... Everybody's home? Yeah. Forget about it. I, I'm saying it wouldn't be legal, but it's not impossible. It's, just, okay. it's in the gray zone. It should be an emergency landing. Yeah. People do that all the time. Well, hey, in Alaska, I think planes, when they land, they have the right of way. Like the, the roadways are also the runways, and the cars have to yield to the planes. Oh, yeah, like in Alaska, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy because, cool. so, well, it makes sense. Like if you're in a mountain range and there's nowhere else to you're land. You're low on gas. Or yeah. Some, yeah. <laughs> you have to look out for planes and be like, oh, no, we're good, honey. We're clear. Yeah. So that's, that's an interesting time. Huh. So, yeah. Cool. So, very neat. <laughs> and what have you been up to? You've had quite an adventure this week as far as technology goes. You guys ready for this? Okay. Exciting. Some of you on Discord may already know this, but okay. If you watched last week's show, you'll know that we did the do do do. What's it called? Cloud ready. Yeah. It's cloud ready. Mm -hmm. Never wear cloud ready. Never, we, yes. Uh, we converted uh, a notebook computer, standard mm -hmm. PC notebook computer, into a Chromebook. And Free Robbie of charge. And That's Robbie amazing. made it look so, so easy that I was just like, oh, I'll just do that. So on Friday, yeah. okay. I, I just decided, okay, fine. I'll see what I remember from the show. Didn't watch it again yet okay. at this point. Yeah. So I get home and I turn on my laptop and I'm like, this has got to be easy. And I started and I, I couldn't do it at first. I get onto Discord mm -hmm. and Garby was there. Thank you. And between the two of us, between the two of us, I was really just like it was. It was Garby's mind, really, and then just <laughs> channeled through Discord, exactly. Sasha's fingers, exactly. Whoa. It was like a collaborative effort, and we did it. Um, so we, I had a. Ubuntu Mate. Yeah. And mm -hmm. like and an age old Ubuntu Mate that we installed installed like three or four years the ago. Way back yeah. Then. yeah. And now I age. have a oh. brand spanking new computer. It looks it's, great. So you fast. actually wow. did this. Yeah. I mean you had the assistance of our Discord community, which is wonderful. I you mean, how cool awesome. is it that <laughs> you can get live chat, live feedback from tech geeks and, and folks that yeah. genuinely yeah. want to help. And I felt Smart. Like, okay, so the very first thing that Garby said is go into the terminal and type this in. Yeah. And I thought to myself, where's the terminal? I okay. can't ask that question. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen, and like, you just pop into it all the time. I didn't sure. know where to find it at first. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I... And I did. And then I just, I was like, okay, how am I going to type all of this? And then I remembered you can copy and paste with keyboard shortcuts. So literally my entire time, I would just copy the line of script and yeah. then paste it. And then just wow. try and analyze what it said myself. And then in my words, tell Garby whether or not it worked. So I had right. to install okay. curl, is it called? Curl? curl, yeah. I had to do that, um, which by I, I mean copy and pasted it in. Ugh. Together we're a machine. Together we're, and by together I mean it's like a 90-10 Garby for the win. No, you got to give yourself more credit because you stepped way outside of your comfort zone. Totally. You took an Ubuntu Mate laptop that I set up. Yes. Okay. And you converted it to a Chromebook with Cloud Ready. And it's, you did that. It was. It felt so good. It felt like happy dance. Good. You, did you ever see that commercial where it, it's the little girl and she's standing on the bathroom, like talking to herself in the mirror, and she has the curly blonde hair, and she's like, "You're awesome," and she's like pumping herself up. I watch that if you haven't seen it. <laughs> That's how I felt in that moment. I can That's understand awesome. how how come you all do this. I'm sure you all have the best days, always. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and. Uh, you 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 did it. 
Yeah. You've achieved that. Mm-hmm. You have customized your own laptop. So now you've got this, and I can sense it. You've got this like <laughs> sense like, I did that. Uh, yeah. The freedom of saying, okay, when you bought this laptop, what's that sticker say? Windows 7. Mm-hmm. That's right. I suppose I could are peel that <laughs> Are you stuck having to do Windows updates and having to deal with... None of that. None of that. None of that. It's the best. One of the things that I love about Cloud Ready and Chromebooks, the whole concept behind it. One thing, Mm. first of all, how's the performance? It's awesome. It's fast. Is it better than it was with Ubuntu Mate, which we know as a lightweight Linux that is meant for aging hardware it should work really well on that right comparatively how is this it it is much better the battery doesn't die quickly oh yeah right like so it's it's saving my battery wow that's impressive yeah well yeah well if it's a lightweight thing then your computer isn't thinking as much much. stuff happening it's using the cloud for cpu it sounds like a really efficient platform Mm -hmm. so we know that it is now performing better but if you wanted to, you could now log into any other Chromebook or, or Cloud Ready system. You could log into my laptop that now has Cloud Ready on it right. as yourself. And all of the settings that you have on there are going to be transferred over. Not only the settings, but all your mm-hmm. documents, your spreadsheets, everything is right. there because it's part of the cloud now. Right. So this is what spoke to me insanely last week because my school, we mm-hmm. all... Um, we were all given just like little laptops that you sign in and out at the beginning and end of every class. We're not oh, allowed yes. to bring our own computers in. Right. Um, we have to use theirs, and it's Google. Like it's all the Google Docs. Oh, really? So all so of are my these stuff. Chromebooks that you're using at school? I guess they must be Maybe. Chromebooks. They, yes, probably. So you so <laughs> you log in and you have. I have this. Yeah, I on have their all my laptop. exactly. On, ah, nice. So how cool is that? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be a Google Doc aficionado <laughs> by the end I love of it too. Like I think about my kids and the fact yeah. that the school, Jeff hit on it last week, saying like the schools have transitioned to Chromebooks. Right. They're Wait, cheaper. really? Yeah, they're, they're more affordable. So instead of having 30 laptops, they'll have 90 Chromebooks and every student has a Chromebook. That's the best. And, you know, you go into class and here's your Chromebook, here's your Chromebook. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter which one you get, as soon as you log in as yourself, you've got all your stuff. Exactly. But then my kids come home they log into the Chromebook at home, and they've got all their stuff. Exactly. That's amazing. It's wonderful. Man, I wish we had that in high school, because we always yeah. had the old Dell laptops, right? So I, they would work, but they would take forever to start up. <laughs> but now it's just talking like... I know, I'm when like When I was in high school, guy. we had the Dell laptops. I had an icon with a giant trackball <laughs> and a big CRT screen <laughs> built into it. And I had to roll around the trackball in order to get around. My, my high school had a computer lab with mice. 10 computers in it. We didn't even mice. have mice. <laughs> yeah. They weren't invented yet. Man, when, when, when your kids grow up, they're going to be like, what's a what's a mouse, like a computer mouse? Like, you True, just think yeah. about it, and it opens. Like yeah. It's, it's going to be crazy. And tonight, uh, Sasha's going to be talking about Samsung's new adventure in creating mm-hmm. uh, mind-controlled television sets. Exactly, yeah. Wow. think about how that's going to transition into other technologies. Just amazing. Think about autonomous vehicles. Oh, oh we're going to have this talk a little bit later. I, yes. What could we uh, do? with mind-controlled devices. It's not good, though, because if you're hungry, you're just always going to wind up at the pizza joint. <laughs> just be like, I'm hungry. Oh, pizza. It just keeps going. <laughs> Why do you keep going through the Burger King drive through <laughs> Really, officer, it's nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I want to just say a quick thanks to everyone who has been supporting us on Patreon. If you aren't familiar with that, all you have to do is head on over to patreon.com slash category5. It's a really cool way to support Category 5 Technology TV. Um, speaking of a cup of coffee a day Uh, i mean think uh about the cost of a cup of coffee i think i'm paying three dollars for a single cup of coffee now at the Mm drive-thru for one dollar per month so like a third of a cup of coffee per month you can support category five technology tv but we also uh, do our best to make it worth your while and we give you uh, an exclusive vlog with behind the scenes content stuff that uh, otherwise you wouldn't have access to as well as that um, Mm -hmm. you can give a little more and you can get access to things like the on-demand live feed so if you miss Mm -hmm. the live show but you want that behind the scenes banter uh, instead of the edited produced show you can actually watch the recording from the live feed as well so there's so many different things Mm -hmm. that uh, 
uh, that you can get as far as perks go through our Patreon page. But really what it's about is our community coming together and saying, yeah, I can give a buck or three bucks a month mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and support what they're doing here. And that's a really cool thing because there's power in numbers and everybody coming together. It's mm-hmm. going to make Category 5 really, really strong as we very quickly, mm-hmm. as crazy as it is, as we very quickly approach 2019. I know. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. But the Whoa. cool thing about coming up to 2019 is that it's almost Christmas. And oh Christmas means hey. you typically you're buying gifts for your friends and family. Whether you celebrate or not, yeah, it's a time of year to get together with family and, and there's a lot of gift giving that goes on. It's true. So there's also a really easy way to, to support us through the affiliate links. There you because go. I do that. Yeah. I do it easily. And thank you, Sasha. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's so easy to do. Because yeah. where do you buy most of your stuff these days? It's Amazon. Amazon. Did they just say that? Really? Amazon's the place? Yeah. 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 Sounds or right. Gearbest or ThinkGeek or eBay. or wh- But Amazon oh, with two-day two day shipping, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it just <laughs> makes sense. On our website, if you click uh, support us and then shop with our partners... <clears throat> This is cool, folks, because you're going to shop there anyways. Sasha said it. Henry said it. Uh, we do our shopping through Amazon. We have uh, Amazon.ca, .co.uk, .com, .de, .es, .fr, and .it. So if you're going to shop Amazon.com, just follow the link through our site, and it takes you to Amazon, and you're, you're just going to do your shopping anyways. But if you take that, see how quick that was? Mm-hmm. Go to Category5.tv, click the link, and then... Uh, a portion of the sale helps Category 5 TV. So as you're doing that, uh, that seasonal shopping for your family and friends, mm-hmm. it's a great way to support us. And Amazon really has become like one of the big ways that you can support us because it mm-hmm. doesn't cost you anything. No, it's just it, you, if you're going to go there anyway. Exactly. exactly. Give us a virtual coffee or a high five or something. It's wild. It's awesome. It's, it's an amazing platform. <laughs> and and that's, honestly, that's where I do a lot of my shopping these days uh, when it comes Christmas time. Mm-hmm. It's just so convenient. And yeah. it's su- such a wonderful feeling to be able just to click, 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 <sighs> click, click. I don't know if you've experienced yes. this, but <laughs> it's always the, the last-minute Christmas shopping rush. Yeah. And you're stressed out. This is what I grew up with. You're stressed out because, you know, I haven't got a gift for so-and-so. And, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and it's like, I can click, click, click. And two days later, it's in my mailbox. I know. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's like the stress of the season it's it's funny as, as far and and we can talk about commercialization and all and i understand <laughs> that but yeah. The stress of the season is going into really busy shopping centers Ooh. and having to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Now exactly. it's, it's like done away with. There we, you go. We went to the mall on mon- <laughs> Monday night to do kind of some off things. And, yeah. and there was nobody there. It mm-hmm. was quiet because it's a Monday night. Oh, yeah. And then we did the rest of the ordering off Amazon. There you go. Done That's how it goes. You did your scouting, right? And then you yeah. just go, oh, I can get this on Amazon. Such a world. Yeah. <laughs> Such a world. So uh, please do support us that way. Um, and, and any time of year, whenever you're shopping through uh, online portals, online sites, make sure you check out our website, see who our partners are. And if they happen to be one of our partners, it's a great way to support us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, all that to say, we give this to you for free. I hope you enjoy the show. We've got a great one for you tonight. We're going to be looking at some single board computers. Uh, we're going to be looking at Windows 10 and why it looks so crazy. We're going to fix it tonight on Category 5 TV, so stick around. Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit Category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners, and thank you for watching. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. So nice to have you here. I'm Robbie. This is Sasha, and Henry is here as well. Um, Hope you are well tonight. We're going to look at Windows 10. Dirty feeling. Um, some folks have said, why is a Linux-centric show looking at Windows? Right. Why does this happen? Pourquoi? 
Well, and it's just the simple case. And if you're watching this on LinuxTechShow.com, for example, and you're saying, why are they talking about Windows 10? Well, because a lot of folks use it, and mm -hmm. we're genuinely here to help, and we want to make it easier for all users. But, hey, we will say, hey, if you're not happy with Windows 10, why don't you switch to Ubuntu or Linux Mint or, you know, what have mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in the back of your mind when they say, uh, hey, don't forget to try Linux Mint. That's what we're here for. Uh, we but we're going to look at uh, an issue that you encountered this week, and a lot of other people have come across this after mm -hmm. a recent update on uh -oh. Microsoft Windows 10, right. and that is this bad boy. I was so confused Dang. when I saw that. It, what is happening? I was like, ah, how, what? It's like, uh, I'm thinking Windows 8 vibes, you know, when they came out with the panels, oh, remember that? Oh, yeah, but it was horrible. When, so when you see that up on your screen, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to click on my start menu, right? Yeah. So three, mm -hmm. two, one, click. Three, two, one, click. I know. And it does nothing. Windows, why? Click. Uh, what do I do? Where? I, like, I right-clicked on a whole bunch oh, of those tiles. Start. Oh. And I hid them. I thought maybe that would Did help. Did you try hiding them? Yeah. Did you try turning it off and on again? Yeah. I, I, I tried a lot of things. <laughs> and you're not the first. And so yeah. when, when you encountered it this week, I was like, there's something odd here. Yeah. Because I've been getting a lot of folks saying, this is how my computer looked after today's update. Mm-hmm. And so mm -hmm. you start clicking around, and you're trying to figure it out, and you're going to laugh at how incredibly simple it is to fix this problem. Okay, show me. But it's important no. for you to know. Okay. Like, I didn't want to just fix it and just leave it fixed and, and then have it happen again, and you're not sure how to fix it. Mm -hmm. Because it's like two clicks, and you're back to normal. Oh. What wow. has happened here is that Windows 10 has, for some reason, determined that you are using a tablet. So I what you whoa. see there is, in fact, the touchscreen interface of uh, a Windows 10 tablet. I was so mm. close in my guess. Yeah? Well, remember mm -hmm. I, when I asked you for help, I was like, my view is wrong or something. Like, it's my view. It is. It was in a tablet view. I was right. There you go. Okay, so tell wow. me how to fix it. Nice. All right. Okay. Can you see how easy <laughs> this is to fix? There are a couple of different ways to fix this. So... First of all, if you click on the notifier on the bottom right, that's going to bring up this dialog, and it looks like that. If you instead hit the Windows button and A, it's going to do exactly the same thing. Okay, So those are two different ways to bring up that dialog. When I bring that up, at the bottom left, you see a button that says Tablet Mode. Yes. Click on it, and you're back to Windows 10 the way that you're used to. My huh. <laughs> Literally, it's that simple. I've got my taskbar back. I can bring back up Discord just the way I normally do. Hi, world. <laughs> Everything's back to normal. Wow. So if you find yourself in this state where, hey, this is welcome to tablet mode, and here I go, boom, now I'm stuck. Windows button A, turn off tablet mode. That is funny. And you're back That's in amazing. business. I, Such a simple fix, right? That, you're, it's simple, wow. but not like... Who How would, who would think for, of that? People are looking, they're right-clicking on everything. I, they're that's, trying to drag that was things. Me. They're trying to go into settings and set things. Well, let's yeah. just come back for a second to yeah. the fact that I had just done my, my laptop. Mm. I was like on this high of ability. Oh, yeah. oh. And then you in, get onto Windows 10 and, and it's like, oh. And then I, was like, I don't understand. <laughs> the paradigm is completely shifted. <laughs> Why? <laughs> One other way that we can kind of make this more permanent is to go into your settings mm -hmm. and go into system. And on the, uh, let's see, left-hand side, tablet mode, you'll see this is what happened. Use the appropriate mode for my hardware. So for some reason, that determined that your hardware was appropriately a tablet. Well, no, let's just set it to use desktop mode. And then mm -hmm. I never have to worry about it again if Windows thinks I'm on a tablet for some crazy yeah. reason. It At least now in the settings, I've said, just leave it in desktop mode. Quit messing with things, Windows. Still don't leave things open overnight because you know it's going to reboot for you. True. Um, but that's it. It's called mm -hmm. tablet mode. There's how you disable it temporarily mm -hmm. and more permanently as well. As permanent as Windows yeah. gets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're going to reset it with the next update. Yeah. yeah. Wow. yeah. I guarantee you. Uh, we've got to take a really quick break. When we come back, we've got a handful of single board computers. You see all these wires? Well, these are going to things. 
We're going to take a quick boo. We're going to have a chat about these because I know you've been into these as well. Um, and uh, Christmas is coming. I would like an SBC or three. Stick around. I think that's a hint. For a limited time, get your hands on limited edition shirts from the Category 5 TV network. These high-quality shirts are manufactured by Teespring, a fundraising website, and your purchase will help support the shows we produce. Get yours today and send us your pictures to be featured on the corresponding show. Visit cat5.tv shirts to support us and get your official network shirt today. cat5.tv shirts. Henry Bailey Brown. Yes, sir. You've been on the show in previous iterations, and we've talked yes. about the Raspberry Pi. It is my baby. I love it. And that's where we kind of took single board computers back in those early yes. days. So true. Sasha, though, you've been here as we've done some unboxings. <laughs> yes. Of the Raspberry <laughs> Pi killers. Yeah. I would have to say. I mean, Raspberry Pi is a fantastic platform for education mm -hmm. and for like learning. Yeah, for starting and out, right? And it's cheap. Yeah, I have one and cheap. love it. Love it. Um, but fact is, is there are other manufacturers who have brought out things that are much more powerful. Exactly. And it's as simple as that. So I've been working on stocking up my um, single board computer <laughs> kind of box. I've got like Good. a box <laughs> that I keep these in. So awesome. I've got my Raspberry Pi 3B+. So this is the latest and greatest model of the Raspberry Pi. Nice. Still has one gig of RAM. Hey. Still, uh, is it four cores of processing Please power? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's slow, but yeah. it's wonderful for um, connectivity, the GPIO and things yeah, like and that. Yeah, and if that's all you need, then that's perfect, right? Exactly. But then if you want to, here's my scenario. Mm -hmm. So this is what we're up against in my household. Mm -hmm. We've got a 720, uh, 720p television set in our living room mm -hmm. that doesn't currently have a set-top box. Ooh. I had the Raspberry Pi 3B Plus plugged into it because mm -hmm. it has HDMI output and plug in, and it'll do 720p just fine. Right. Uh, what I found with the Raspberry Pi, though, it has built-in Wi-Fi, but the Wi-Fi is really not good uh, yeah same experience yeah. we tried to stream with my raspberry pi 1080 it just doesn't want to doesn't want to run i'm being kind the the wi-fi is really bad yeah in the raspberry pi so uh, in order to use the Wi, uh, in order to use this as my set top box i'd have to run an ethernet cable which means putting holes in the walls and going through a whole process yeah. i've got really good wi-fi at the house so i really want to find something that i can do a little bit better mm -hmm. so um we've got things like uh like uh rock 64 Mm -hmm. for example, which I can plug uh, a USB Wi-Fi adapter oh. into, and then I've got a really good Wi-Fi, but it's a lot more powerful. That's good. We've got things like the A64 LTS from Pine64, which mm -hmm. has a module for Wi-Fi. Yeah. So we unbox this and set it up. But mm -hmm. I've actually got, and I'll, you know what, I can zoom in on this so that you guys can get a little bit better of a look. So this Rock 64, uh, Pine, uh, pardon me, the Pine 64 A64 LTS <laughs> has that Wi-Fi chip here, mm -hmm. and it's got a little antenna that I've stuck on to the gigabit Ethernet. And we've got a lot of glare there. But um, so it has built-in Wi-Fi as well, so it's going to do pretty well. And it's again yeah. a bit more powerful than the Raspberry Pi. Oh, but yeah. then we get stuff like the <laughs> next step up, which is the Rock Pro 64, mm -hmm. uh, also from Pine64, and it gets confusing because it's Pine64, Rock64, <laughs> so Rock Pro 64 <laughs> from Pine64. But it, it starts to make sense once you start looking at these things. So mm -hmm. this is the uh, Rock Pro 64, and it has PCI Express. Ooh. So I can plug a... Like, um, a riser card into that and do much more. One of the things you notice, Henry, though, is that one of the great things about the Raspberry Pi is that it's got GPIO, but we're also finding on these boards that mm -hmm. we've also got GPIO. Yeah, so we do you a do. Lot. But we've got true gigabit Ethernet. You notice that there's uh, USB 3 port, there's OTG. Uh, we've also got USB 2 on this particular uh, card. We've got some um, tactile switches, we've got mm -hmm. audio out, and we've got like HDMI, everything that you would expect. So we've got more power from a board like that than from a Raspberry Pi. Exactly, and it's just slightly larger. Exactly, uh, but still a great set-top kind of device. It, it really is. <laughs> now, the Nano Pi 
M4, which Marshman provided to us, and we did an unboxing a couple weeks ago. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen this one yet, you've got to get a look at it. Um, check out our, our website. Oh, um, this is it. And it's powered on right now. I, I powered it on just because I kind of wanted to see how it, how it operates. I've got Ethernet. I've got a USB mouse. I've got HDMI output. The HDMI does 4K. Uh, I've got a USB-C cable giving it power. Wow. We've got, again, we've got GPIO here with the Raspberry Pi pin architecture, but we've also got uh, uh, 2X PCIe here, which we can use as expansion for uh, if we want to put SATA hard drives, if we mm-hmm. want to put better Wi-Fi, gigabit Ethernet. Even 10 gig Ethernet will go on that, wow. uh, that riser as well. But it has built-in um, Ethernet. Um, uh, one gig. Mm-hmm. It's got four USB uh, three ports, up to five gig each. Wow. Um, and, and it's got kind of everything that you need. It does have an eMMC riser, um, but I'm running it off of uh, uh, an SD card because I don't have that particular kind of eMMC card. It's not the standard eMMC. It's some kind mm-hmm. of proprietary thing. Interesting. Yeah. But what I do love, too, is, okay, so this is six cores. It's got four gigs of RAM. They also have a two-gig model. Wow. But with six cores and all the power that this ba- baby has, it's going to generate a lot of heat. Yeah. Check out the heat sink on the bottom of this. This is, Whoa. for it's seven bucks extra, you get this heat sink. And this is actually hard screwed into the board, and it's got thermal contact with the, um, the rock chip underneath there. Okay, so it's got the dual <laughs> processor with uh, two core and uh, and four core, so six cores total, mm-hmm. four gigs of RAM, and this will absorb all that heat. And Marshman was pointing out to me these rivets here are actually yeah. threaded quarter inch. Oh, really? So I could stack it. I could put it on a tripod or oh my gosh. something like that. <laughs> that's amazing. Do, that's cool. That's that is crazy. Wow. I love that. But. Here's the thing that I didn't realize before hooking it up tonight, and mm-hmm. I, we're going to do some benchmarks over the next couple of weeks. All right. It requires a lot of power. This would be true. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think it's, it's pretty powerful, and this might be the one, folks, uh, because it has, I mean, Wi-Fi specifications. Check this out. The built-in Wi-Fi with this one, uh, it has 802.11a, um, b, g, n, a, c, all there. Uh, plus, as I mentioned, it's got the gigabit Ethernet. Um, Specifications-wise, it's got the RK3399 CPU. Um, it's kind of the dreamy board. Yeah. In the Raspberry Pi form factor. Man, you, could, you can go all the way up to 4K, 60 FPS. It's incredible. It's the full nine yards. <laughs> it is, it's kind of, that's, that's it's, the next gen to it's me. It's like the little wow. beast. Yeah. Um, so when I say it, it needs a lot of power. The, the most powerful USB... Um, mm-hmm. uh, adapter that I had was from a Raspberry Pi 3 yeah. and it's 2.1 amps. How much do we need for this guy? <laughs> I'm powering it off of 2.1 amps right now, but it does not like it. Uh, right. And uh, on the site, mm-hmm. they're selling it with 4 amp power supplies and the oh, rec- okay. recommendation is going to be 5 amps. Mm-hmm. Five you need amps. that power. <laughs> so, um, so I'm going to get uh, set up with a, a more powerful power supply for it because I guess once you get into, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're not Raspberry Pis. They're much more powerful. They've oh, got a totally. lot more as far as specifications go. Yeah. So you've got to step up that power supply. So using mm-hmm. the old charger from your BlackBerry, not going to uh, cut it. Those right. old one amp things that you get from China, they're, they're not going to cut it. You need to have, I'm going to say, at least a four amp probably to, to really run this well. The yeah. real deal. And that's what I want. So this might end up on my TV if things go well. Fingers crossed. Just 3D print a case or something for you? There you go. <laughs> that would be... Uh, you know what? Because it's got those uh, those threaded yeah. rivets, I'm going to just kind of... <laughs> yeah, who just, knows what I can build? I can build it into my camera rig. That's awesome. That's, yeah. Wow. Well, just, just thinking about it, too. Like, I know when I get, like, a Raspberry Pi or something, like, I had Raspbian pre-installed. Yep. I have all mm-hmm. these other features. So... When, when you open the box, I'm sorry I wasn't here for it, mm-hmm. um, does it have anything pre-installed, or is it like microSD, or how, how are the board. working here? Um, so when you say you got it with Raspbian, and you probably got the noobs Yeah, like it, yeah, you can So start. you got like a, like a can of kit. Yeah, so yeah. It had so the power supply. It had the SD card already pre-built. And exactly. So that, that's a little different. Mm-hmm. In this case, you kind of buy the parts that you need. So you buy the, 
the mm-hmm. board for like $65, $66. You buy yeah. the, the heat sink for another $7. Yep. You get the power supply for 8 or 9 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want, you can get the EMMC. 16 gigs is, only, is oh, okay. not very much money. I think they're charging only like 9 bucks for it or something Dang. like that. Really cheap. Um, I've just stuck a Kingston SD card into it. Hey. So it doesn't come with storage. Oh, you can yeah. buy storage separate, but you've got to flash the OS. Yeah. So what do you do? So this is where Raspberry Pi kind of differs from these boards in that mm-hmm. this, is, uh, this is the next gen. This is it like, is. okay, you've been playing with uh, Raspberry Pi. Yeah. You've, been, you've experienced <laughs> that. You've, you've gotten through noobs, mm-hmm. and you've gotten through that kind of introductory, like, okay, this, this card came with the OS on it. Yeah. Now, okay, I'm ready to install uh, Etcher and do my own flashing. Mm-hmm. So if we head over to their website, um, which I'm going to... This is funny because I'm going to have to actually uh, unplug <laughs> HDMI here to be able oh, to show no. you. Should be able so to just like make that. this happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Transition. <laughs> the seamless transition. So if we head to their website, uh, it's friendlyarm.com. Henry, if you click on downloads, mm-hmm. you're going to see a list of all the downloads for all the different SPCs. And the one that, this is called the NanoPi M4. Mm-hmm. So if you visit their, um, their Google Drive, then you're going to get a list of all a various amount of files that are available for this board. Mm-hmm. So you've got, for example, um, so I want SD, SD mm-hmm. card. So we've got Friendly Core, which is like the, just the base OS, or mm-hmm. friend, Friendly Desktop, oh, which okay. is like pre-built with the desktop. Then we've got things like Lubuntu. We've oh. got Android 7.7. 7. We've got Android 8. So you can actually run Android on this, which truly makes it an ideal scenario for tinkering and, and putting it up on your TV for sure. Huh. Um, but I want to really try out that um, friendly desktop. Mm-hmm. And so that's the one that I've flashed yeah. onto my SD card. Wow. So you download the OS. Oh, yeah. It's an image file. You install a piece of software that's like I use etcher.io. Mm-hmm. And once you've got that installed, you just browse to the image, plug there in your go. SD card. I feel like I could do You're this now. Yeah, you absolutely could <laughs> so do this. So accessible. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so this distro... Um, and I, now I've lost it now that I've unplugged it and plugged it back in. Uh, oh, I wish I could show you. You've got to see this. And what we're going to actually do um, next week is we're gonna, we're, I'm going to order the power supply that we need in order right. to make this thing have as much power as it needs. All right. And then we're going to be able to power it up and really show you how this thing, how this thing operates. But we're also going to set it up. I've just repowered it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to set up a couple of other SBCs. We're going to do some benchmarks. We're going to do some comparatives. And we're going to see how each of them performs yeah. side by side. Henry, what are you doing next week? Oh, it's going to be Apparently I'm going to be busy. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. Busy so out. you see all these SPCs. We're going to be running some benchmarks. We're going to see what each one performs like. And I'm, in particular, I'm really excited about the NanoPi M4 totally. and the uh, Rock Pro Yes, from Pine64. These are two boards that I think are head-to-head. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the contenders. It's going to be really interesting to see the comparisons, too. Like, Absolutely. And we've got a black screen. I just wanted to see if it's, if it's come up. I only have 2.1 amps. We need 4 amps yeah. in order to get that thing up and going. Next week. Next week, come folks, back. If you want to see that bad boy running and you want to see it put up against these other SBCs, make sure you're here on Category 5 TV for episode number 583. That's correct. That'd be right. <laughs> wow. All right, we've got to head over to the newsroom. Sasha, you ready for us? Absolutely. All right. Okay, here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Google data for searching cloud services went astray for more than an hour on Monday thanks to an ugly mistake by an African ISP. Seagate and IBM are using IBM's blockchain tech to verify a disk drive's authenticity using its electronic fingerprint. The flying motorbike is back in Dubai. And you could see the police riding in one in the not-too-distant future. Samsung will soon test TVs that can be controlled with your brain, a technology enhancement perfect for people with disabilities. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. This is the Category 5.TV Newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand-new, beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. yeah, I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? 
Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cat5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. Google data for search and cloud services went astray for more than an hour on Monday thanks to an ugly mistake by an African ISP. The data was sent the wrong way when Main One Cable in Nigeria updated address books for key network hardware. The update saw it claimed to be the best way to reach millions of Google net addresses. The mistake spread to other networks and led to Google traffic traveling via China and Russia. In a tweet, Main One said the mistake had been made during a planned network upgrade. It added the error was corrected within 74 minutes and the process is put in place to avoid recurrences. All the different networks that make up the internet constantly swap information about the best way to reach other parts of the global system. Mistakes on one network can mean traffic is rerouted the wrong way. Google said it had spotted the error and blamed it on incorrect routing of data. A spokesperson for the search giant said all traffic sent the wrong way was encrypted, which should limit any damage caused by being misdirected. Later on Monday, web company Cloudflare was hit by a second main one cable mistake that also saw much of its traffic rerouted. In a statement, Matthew Prince, chief executive of Cloudflare, said the mistake had probably been made as a result of a network meeting in Nigeria early November. He said typically the meetings prompt ISPs to set up more data sharing agreements with each, with each other. The mistake that rerouted data had been made while a new data sharing link had been being created. This was a big, ugly screw-up, he said. Unintentional root leaks we've seen to do things like steal cryptocurrency are typically far more targeted. Mr. Prince's explanation diffused earlier claims that the rerouting had been an attempt to steal data. Amik Naik from net security company Thousand Eyes had characterized the incident as grand theft internet and said it was unlikely to be accidental. Okay, so two very different mm. opposing views. Right. Exactly. But one from Cloudflare. I. And Google. And I see. I think that hmm. it's scary that an unintentional, like maybe keystroke error or something, could cause something like this. Mm -hmm. But that's my gut is saying that that's what it was. I don't think yeah. it was. It was an intentional data leak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? When we understand also the infrastructure of how the internet works mm -hmm. and you realize, like, this is why I tell people, do not send your credit card number by email. No. <laughs> because your email is plain text. So it is. As if I send an email to Sasha with my credit card number, and mm -hmm. you're you're uh, you're the server that I have to send it through. Uh, so I'm going to give you my credit card good. number. Here it is. Yes. Now you hand it to Sasha. So you're the server. Now oh, okay. I'm going to give it to Pirate or something. But you've yeah. got backups of your own. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I, I looked at it. I know her credit card that's number. Right. Exactly. So totally. that's the internet. That's email and plain text. Now, mm -hmm. a lot of transactions these days, and you see it in your Chrome browser and even in Firefox, it says mm -hmm. th this site is not secure. Because it's warning users, hey, by the way, this site is not encrypting your data. Yeah. Well, right. These days, it's pretty much... A requirement, if you will. It's, right. It's not, At this point. Yeah, it's not enforced, but as users, we need to watch for our sites to be encrypted. Mm -hmm. You can, can you tell, am I wrong? Is it HTTPS means it's secure? Is that correct? correct. And there will be okay. a, a little lock beside it that doesn't have any error message or a right. cross mm -hmm. through it or anything mm -hmm. like that. Okay. Um, yeah. If if it's suspect, it, it, it would have issues potentially. Mm -hmm. But right. that th having that secure connection doesn't mean your data is safe if you don't necessarily trust the yeah. other party. Right. What it means is that your communication with the recipient is mm. encrypted. Okay. So it doesn't mean that the recipient is safe. It means that your connection to them is. So okay. mm -hmm. if I'm sending you my credit card number and right. it's secure, yes. and I know you and I trust you, then I can trust that you are a secure party and you're, and you're safe to share that 
personal information with. Mm-hmm. Henry, though, <laughs> who knows? Right. <laughs> no. right. So when you're on the web, you don't just fill in personal information on any site just because it says secure. No. Secure okay. does not mean the receiving party is safe. Right. Mm-hmm. It just means that it's a secure connection to them. So that said, yeah. when this traffic was routed through China or mm-hmm. through Russia, mm-hmm. a lot of it, because it, went, it was from Google, right. Google enforces SSL, secure encrypted connectivity and secure mm-hmm. encrypted data transmission. So this is how they could be sure that all of the data was in, that was for sure encrypted. They, they know because it's Essentially, theirs. Essentially, right? that's, that's the impression that we get. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's the impression that Google gave is that, you know what, the data is encrypted. So unless they have the receiving keys, which they don't, it's, uh, it's not going to be visible to them. Yeah, right. but slowly, it's the general idea of how fragile the internet really is, though, right? Sure. And you have, comp- you have countries like Russia and China that aren't the most friendly to internet freedom. Sure. And like North America, Europe, they're they're pretty good privacy laws, but that's it. It boils down to the privacy yeah, laws. It, it really yeah. does. So it's 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 concerning, right? So, so like if I sent that email and it yeah. got routed through China <laughs> and through Russia, yeah. then you know that, you know, I'm gonna have some unexpected expenses go on to my card this year. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yipper. So what do you do? Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Seagate and IBM are using IBM's blockchain tech to verify a disk drive's authenticity using its electronic fingerprint. The blockchain drive is apparently a way for the firm to deal with the problem of fake or counterfeit drives. These may be sold online and are typically relabeled old drive units boasting higher capacities and speeds. Because they're older drives, their lifetime will be shorter than the new drives as well as having lower than labeled capacity and speed. The idea is that Seagate furnishes an electronic ID, EID, at the time of manufacture and registers this with the product authentication data on IBM's blockchain platform in its public cloud. The blockchain platform is powered by the Linux Foundation's Hyperledger Fabric Distributed Ledger Framework. This blockchain EID can be updated during the drive's life with, for example, a digital certificate of data purge electronically signed by the device under a Seagate secure public key infrastructure, infrastructure, sorry, PKI. It would be stored on the blockchain for compliance management with emerging global data privacy laws. We're told that the blockchain's EID proves an immutable record of disk drive events. It means that if a drive is offered for sale, its providence could be authenticated so that you now know if the 14 terabyte 7200 RPM Exos drive is for real and not a cheap old relabeled 8 terabyte 5400 RPM drive. The theory sounds good, but the practice in the real world will depend on the cost and practicality of access. You would need drive details from the seller in order to check them on the IBM blockchain platform, and the seller might not be forthcoming, especially with online sales. IBM and Seagate quoted an international anti-counterfeiting coalition statistic saying that the global trade in counterfeit and pirated electronic products has reached more than $1.7 trillion in value. 1.7 1.7 trillion dollars. Trillion. That's nutty. <laughs> now, of course, <laughs> not crazy. all of that is drive. Um, you know, no, hard drive it's like just counterfeit and pirating. These could yeah. be Gucci wallets and things like that too. Right. The whole I would yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's but all Gucci, as a matter of fact. There were three hard drives. We've encountered it on Amazon, where we actually bought mm-hmm. an SD card that boasted that it was like 256 gigs, and yeah. it turned out it was 16. But right. they relabeled it, they reprinted it and everything. Get onto our website, category5.tv, <laughs> do a quick search for Amazon fake SD, and you will just, you'll, you'll love the video, but it's really important information. Yeah. So, okay. So if this blockchain technology was to be applied to all things, right? Like IBM and Seagate are doing it. Those but if it, was, if it was the mm-hmm. SD yeah. cards, yes, they would cost more money. And here's the thing. But I would pay more money because I would mm-hmm. be able to track that it was an authentic workable right. piece of product. I don't mm-hmm. want a $3 SD card that's going to ruin 
all of my memories. I w I would pay mm -hmm. extra money just to know. And, yeah. and exactly. I would say that this is exactly what people mm. are going to do and think. And we're seeing more and more. Like you can get a, a $20 video card on eBay that is a $500 video card. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make sense. Then you get it and it looks like the card and they've made it branded like the card. It, and then exactly. If you really know what you're doing, you'll determine, no, this is not that card no but the fear and the risk with something like a counterfeit hard drive right or an ssd like you mm -hmm. think what what how big is your hard drive eight terabytes let's say mm -hmm. so if you've got a spinning 7200 rpm hard drive yep. eight terabytes is not unheard of these days mm -hmm. so let's put an eight terabyte hard drive in our computer that we ordered online and then start putting our stuff on it and using it and it's working great it's working great and it's right. fantastic and but it's only a two terabyte drive that's been relabeled. Mm -hmm. So then, as soon as you load it up with two terabytes worth of data yep. and exceed that, the file system plah, mm -hmm. corrupts right. because it can't write anything yeah. more than two terabytes. <laughs> it's literally only a two terabyte drive, but it thinks it's an eight terabyte drive. So it'll keep trying to rewrite, but it'll just corrupt everything. Oh no! <laughs> but how long does it take any of us, unless we're like dumping a lot of data onto it? Exactly. How long does it take any of us to fill two terabytes? Right. A long time. So yeah. you would be lulled into this false sense of security, thinking mm -hmm. everything was okay, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden... And if it takes you six months, Sasha, to fill two terabytes, yeah. I'm just using that as the example, mm -hmm. what are you going to do in six months? Good luck finding this vendor from exactly. eBay that you bought it from right. that has since closed down because they, they just pop up, they sell them, they drop out. Mm -hmm. yeah. They pop up, they close it. There, there you go. You can never get it back. You can never get your money back. You can never get your data back because mm. it doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. It's a so, very bad situation. So well, blockchain is a great solution. Exactly. Yeah, that just leads to my argument that people will do this even if it costs more money. People, mm -hmm. right? So people won't want to save the money of the possibility of having a product that they can't trace. You'll spend a little bit extra. I think we'll eventually get used to that. Yeah. And mm -hmm. Sasha, it's not an argument. When all of us agree. That is true. Yes. Uh, <laughs> authentic products. Woo. Yeah, let's do it. The flying motorbike is back in Dubai, and you could see the police riding one in the not-too-distant future. A year after California-based startup Hoversurf showcased its hoverbike at Tech Expo Gitex in the white and green detailing of the Dubai police, the company has returned with a new model and evidence is electri electric vertical takeoff and landing e-vottle vehicle might be well taking off. Making good on a deal signed in 2017, Hover Surf has now gifted Dubai Police its first serial production unit of the S3 2019 Hover Bike and has begun training officers to fly it. The general director of Dubai's police artificial intelligence department described the e-vottle vehicle as a first responder unit used to access hard-to-reach areas. He said he aims to have hover bikes in action by 2020. He said currently we have two crews already training to pilot the hover bike and we're increasing that number. Hover over... Oversurf Chief Operating Officer Joseph Segura Khan explained that ideal candidates will be able to ride a motorcycle and have drone operating experience. Segura Khan said Dubai police have exclusive rights to order as many units as they want. They're going to let us know in the next month or two if they'd like any more. If they would like 30 or 40, we'll make it happen for them. If you're not a member of the force and have a spare $150,000, the hoverbike could still be yours. Orders are open to civilians, but Segura Khan cautions that buyers are screened to ensure that they can handle the new tech. In the U.S., the hoverbike has met federal aviation administration guidelines, which means you do not need a pilot's license to fly the vehicle. A manufacturing site for the S3 2019 is yet to be confirmed, but Segura Khan said Hover Surf is in talks with with three companies in different locations around the world, Dubai being one location. Hoversurf also has a bigger two-seater flying car it plans to showcase in four to five months and sell in 2020, said Sakira Khan. So that is um, awesome. I was the gonna get a Tesla. <laughs> I was gonna get a Tesla, but I'm rethinking that can, now. Can I just ask? <laughs> yeah. Do you know how to ride a motorbike? No. <laughs> right. 
I, I feel confused. Is this considered a motorbike or it's like, like an a helicopter? Air, it's okay. neither. It's a quadcopter that you yeah. sit on like a motorbike. Yeah, so I could just take my like DJI drones and just float them around. People like do that. Carpet. People do yeah. that. The <laughs> crazy thing is, though, it's like this thing is a chopping machine. Like you think, have you ever had if you an fall ac- off? Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you this truthfully. Yeah. Have you ever had an accident with your drone? Um, probably once or twice before. Yeah. Okay. I was flying my my big drone. Yeah. About the oh, size no. of like a Phantom <laughs> Two. Yeah. And I brought it down on the road, and and I was yeah. learning to, I was learning to pilot it, and they're way different than toy drones. Oh yeah. You got to kill the engines at the right time, just as mm-hmm. you're hovering at the right spot and everything. Yep. I didn't do it right. Uh. And it flipped over. Mm. Okay. No. So it's laying with its propellers on the ground mm-hmm. and its feet up in the air. Mm-hmm. Right. So I put down my controller and I walked over to it and I grabbed the legs mm-hmm. and I picked it up. And it went <laughs> like this. Oh. And it sliced my arm. Oh my gosh. Okay. It was it was still alive. Yeah. <laughs> I so thought hot. it was asleep. Oh my god. It was not asleep. So oh that's this god. thing that's about this big. Mm. Now imagine something that is the size that you can sit on like a motorbike and it has propellers that are this big. Right. Yeah. How dangerous that could be. They'll have safety. They're, they will, yes. of course. And these days yeah. are a lot smarter with like really, really good gyros, really yeah. good GPS systems, really good AI control. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's an interesting thing. Like when you're talking about the FAA, you're saying that you technically don't need a pilot's license or something. You do not. But hmm. I think that the FAA might go with like do you think a pilot permit or like a pilot, um, because there's like a recreational license that you can get that's like under for like right. lightweight things. I wonder yeah, how I high, thinking, how is high, 250 grams. Right. <laughs> yeah. How well, high um, is this hover bike going to go? Exactly. Will right, you be right? able to pass cars above? How do you ensure right? it? Like, yeah. Are insurance companies going to insure it? Like, is it classified as a car, airplane, a it's, drone? It's interesting to see how this will unfold. Because I honestly think that eventually everybody will use these. It'll cut down on our need to have roadways. <laughs> this is, I've, I've made this before, this case before. I think that we will be able to have more green space because we won't need roads. And we'll mm-hmm. just have hover bikes and hover cars and we'll be able mm. to have roadways that are just elevated right one thing's for sure it's going to be really easy to cut the grass yeah after yeah. after I've getting a hover bike I've got grab one of my drones that i have just on <laughs> on display here right. in the studio is the enterprise the starship enterprise loving it so this is this is a quadcopter but you see how it's in a cage so the yes. the propellers are never mm-hmm. So what if they were to put that kind of a caging system on the propellers so that even if you hit something, you're not going to cut it up? Exactly, right? Well, exactly, right? That I, might be a more uh, like a safer way to go. Right. Will yeah. we ever all be flying them? Yes. Uh, I, so? I don't trust I think some so. people. <laughs> I think that having been a, a drone pilot myself, amateur, I know the how complicated it is. Mm-hmm. Now I know that the technology has grown since then, mm-hmm. but I know that you can get turned around real bad mm-hmm. if you're not careful. Right, but you've never been sitting on your drone while you're flying right. it. Right. I think that that will change mm-hmm. I have your had, views on it. But Sasha and Henry, you, you'll probably know what this is like. Mm-hmm. I've had GPS interference. Oh, yeah, of course. Or my GPS being uncalibrated to, uh, every to the computer, location. Every computer breaks, right? Yeah, that's a scary. That's a really. That's probably why I haven't flown in the past couple of years. Is I had mm-hmm. a, I had my GPS go wonky and yeah. and I almost lost my big drone because it just wanted to go where it thought I was telling it to go and it was not listening to me. <laughs> it was from right. Amazon. It's like I want to go get your Amazon package. I'll yeah. be back. No. <laughs> no, I was I was out of town and I hadn't calibrated it to the GPS. Yeah. So it it was a mess. It's scary. It's very scary. Well, um, with these, though, Sasha, will we ever be flying them? I think the problem is going to be battery life. Well, if you, especially in can Canada, really fly? well, during the winter, mm-hmm. right? It's it's oh, more it's more yeah. like a summer car kind of deal, sure. right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I so, I want for it to permitting. be I want for it to be a real thing. <laughs> I just I can imagine the joy of like flying above the ground, mm-hmm. not not in a mm-hmm. plane, right? Just above, On right? On a motorbike. Just hover. Yeah. That flies. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's awesome. Ah. <laughs> that's going to be cool. I, uh, want, I want one. 
Man. Samsung will soon test TVs that can be controlled with your brain, a technology enhancement perfect for people with disabilities. Samsung TVs are already some of the most popular options for high-end home theater systems, and the company is now using its television-making prowess to help people with disabilities live more normal lives. A new project by a Samsung team in Switzerland could yield the first smart TV that can be controlled with thoughts. Samsung has partnered with Swiss scientists to bring the system to life. It's called Project Pontus. The ultimate goal is to build a brain software interface that will allow individuals with movement disabilities to control television features like channel switching and volume control with their brains rather than their bodies. Brain-controlled gadgets aren't entirely new. You can even buy a simple brain-controlled MindFlex games made by Mattel if you want to play around with the technology in your own home. But the Project Pontus system is significantly more robust. At present, the system combines brain monitoring sensors and eye-tracking hardware to identify what selections the individual intends to make. Going forward, the partnership hopes to make the system smart enough to accept commands via brain commands alone, meaning that you'd only need to think about changing the volume for the action to be performed. Now, before you go thinking that this is the ultimate accessory for a lazy channel surfer or a Netflix binge watcher, it's important to note that this is all aimed specifically at aiding those with severe disabilities. Samsung hasn't even hinted at the idea that this would be commercially available product. That being said, the technology reaches a point where it's essentially plug-and-play. It's hard to imagine Samsung or another company at least testing the waters with everyday consumers. In any case, the project is still in a relatively early stage, with Samsung forecasting new prototype testing sometime in early 2019. If a thought control TV ever does arrive, it's like it likely won't be available for quite a while. Mm -hmm. So I'm learning right now in school about mm -hmm. you know a myriad of different disabilities mm -hmm. and yeah. and the um, the importance of independence and. Um, and autonomy and preference in somebody who doesn't have physical abilities sure. any longer. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't seem like a big deal to change a channel, right? But if you know that you can control what you're going to be watching, if the only thing you can, you can really do is, mm -hmm. is control what you're watching and your cognitive health can improve because you know you're busy sure, yeah. learning you're not just waiting for somebody to guess what you want right mm -hmm. you're not you're not verbal likely right right, right. so oh, wow that makes me think about all kinds of uses for you know the evolving technology yeah, yeah. um do I, people change channels anymore what's channel no it's kidding i well tv i back and forth on whatever's on netflix yeah it's if not, i can navigate yeah. netflix or navigate plex media server yeah right then i'll be happy for exactly sure. I mean, I'm, it's not for me obviously but right in the future if, maybe if you can do that with a tv then you can do it with maybe an on-screen communication board maybe mm -hmm. you yeah. could do that with an alphabet you can hmm. all of a sudden speak just with your thoughts through a tv Right? You can now communicate. Could lead to some really cool stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Comment below what you think this technology could be used for to better society and make things better for everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, moving along, according to CoinGecko, here's what the crypto market uh, looked like as of 1,700 hours Eastern Time on Wednesday, November 14th, 2018. Uh, Bitcoin has lost big time. Uh, we went down $774.93 U.S. in the past mm -hmm. week. Litecoin also lost, but not quite as significant, $10.49 USD. Mm -hmm. Ethereum is also down, $35.74. Uh, we also saw a loss in Monero, $17.87 was the decline. Uh, with a single Monero being worth now $93.65 U.S. Stellite is down $2.05. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but if, uh, no, not $2.05, <laughs> pardon me, uh, 2.05 ten thousandths of a cent, way significantly less yeah. than $2.05. Yeah. Uh, but as I say, it doesn't sound like a lot, but um, keeping in mind that it is only worth 
5.15 ten thousandths of a cent per stellite, it's a pretty significant drop. Yes. TurtleCoin also is uh, on the decline, uh, losing 0.23 ten thousandths of a cent, making its value this week at 0.72 ten thousandths of a cent. Wow. TurtleCoin, the slow but steady one. <laughs> uh, and when you hear these numbers, so you think Bitcoin at $5,789.43, you think, wow, that one's the one to get. Right. Well, you're not going to get a single Bitcoin without that oh, kind that of investment. investment exactly. yeah. The neat thing about something like TurtleCoin is you can get 10,000 of them and it's that. And you just kind of... It's like stocks, right? You're buying penny stock and you're hoping that it gets up there into the, and you have the big guys. <laughs> this week it's interesting, though, to see everything is on the decline. And we've really had a fluctuating market over the past little while. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, we'll keep an eye on it here on the Category5.tv newsroom over the next few weeks and report back to you what we find. Big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm still Henry Bailey Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for being with us this week. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, don't forget to join us again next week. We're going to hook all these SBCs up, single board computers. We're going to see how they perform and how they outperform one another. Ooh. We're going to finally see if they are truly faster than a Raspberry Pi 3B+. Whoa. They, they may. You know what we should do? We should figure out the speed versus mm -hmm. the dollar for dollar yeah. So yeah. How much? Okay. Per if this dollar. is the speed, how many dollars per like speed iteration would it be? Yep. And then actually have a comparative. Mm -hmm. if, Let's if, work that's on a really that. great idea. Got Let's the vision. Got that. the job, yeah. Robbie. Okay. I'm bringing a calculator next. That's week. right. Yeah, we'll figure if, it out. If I had a million dollars, how fast can I make my thing? Ooh, and how big would that single board <laughs> computer be? This would be like a giant long one. <laughs> it's not actually a single board computer. It's ten thousand. Why is it like a million computers? degrees Kelvin in here? <laughs> I was upset that I needed a four amp. Yeah. <laughs> just, <be> like, <laughs> so just imagine, Henry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Watch out. Okay, we're going to make the, uh, the lights dim next week. Yep. We'll see you then. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>